Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm Mandy Muchnik, and you're watching Difference Makers Discuss. We have over 1,600 people from 67 countries joining us today. This is the second episode in the series brought to you by Chartered Accountants Worldwide. During the series, we are taking a look at the most pressing issues facing chartered accountants and the finance and business industry at large, from diversity and inclusion to mental health. From the climate emergency to digital disruption, we're taking an unflinching look at the factors most affecting our community and most importantly, what we can do to make it better. In order to help us navigate these topics, we joined by a panel of speakers who are making a significant difference in their companies, their communities and the wider world. They are our difference makers. Pre-COVID-19, we already had a silent pandemic affecting millions of people, and this has become very important to talk about. That's why we're here today to discuss mental health matters. The World Health Organization estimates that, the, the, that poor mental health impacts the global economy by over $2.5 trillion a year. Businesses suffer from lack of productivity, and employees suffer from discrimination and poor belief in their abilities. We cannot forget that good health is mental health and that this is, in fact, one of the sustainable development goals. Today, I'm joined by three speakers who have hands-on experience in improving the, our attitude towards mental health. They have all worked to battle both stigma and the effects of mental health issues, and each will bring a unique perspective to the table. They are difference makers in the truest sense. If anyone is struggling with their mental health, we really encourage you to visit the Chartered Accountants Worldwide Wellness Hub. There are ample resources available for you. If you're based in South Africa, please search the Join Panda app across all the app stores. As part of the founding team of Panda, we believe that mental health should be accessible to all. We believe that it's still largely inaccessible and that it's inaccessible for three main reasons, being stigma, cost, and not knowing how to enter the system. We've built the app with all these key problems in mind, and we hope that you can find your community in Panda. If you're based outside of South Africa, there will be a follow-on email on how you can download the app in your country. It now gives me great pleasure to finally introduce our first speaker for the day, Dee France. Dee is the well-being lead at Chartered Accountants Worldwide, running the well-being hub and the CA support, the, the institute's Financial assistance means to supporting its members and students. Dee is also the Chartered Accountants Worldwide Global Mental Fitness Task Force lead. This task force is, con is committed to driving awareness around mental health challenges in the profession. Dee, we are so excited to have you today. Welcome to Difference Makers Discuss. You definitely have your finger on the pulse on what's happening in the profession. So please, can you talk us through the landscape a bit? Because I think often people feel like they're suffering alone, and that's a large part of the problem. So thank you so much, Mandy, uh, for inviting me along today. Um, it's great to be here. I think it's testament to the amount of people that have tuned in today, 1,600 people across uh, umpteen countries um, globally. So it's fantastic to see that. So I think we can all agree that we've really come through um, a sort of an extreme period of isolation, you know, where our families and our friends have been separated and we've been working from home and we're kind of missing that camaraderie at work and the support of our colleagues. And of course, this has all had a huge impact on our well-being and our mental health. So now as we transition back to the workplace, we're sort of still dealing with this fallout and we're trying to adjust to hybrid working. So 
in many cases with limited success. So if we compare the landscape sort of pre and post pandemic, it's clear that our mental health has declined and it has become a common everyday experience for the majority of people. So a Mindshare study uh, conducted last year and then back in 2019 in the US uh, collected responses from 1500 full-time workers. It was a really interesting study because you had that snapshot from 2019 to compare it to 2021. And they found there was a marked increase in those reporting at least one mental health condition. So 76% in 2021 versus just 59% in 2019. And then interestingly, the higher you get up in the organization, um, the higher the rate. So 82% of executives reporting at least one, one mental health symptom. And then for the younger talent, so the, the Gen Zers and the millennials, 77% reporting that their productivity was negatively impacted by their mental health and with 50% leaving their roles if they were not supported by their companies and their organizations. So I think really, Mandy, what this report is showing us is that mental health is everybody's problem. And I think the good news is if we tackle it in the workplace, we have um, a real opportunity to make some far-reaching positive impact for everybody. That's very true. Thank you, Dee. Maybe you can talk to us a bit more about how mental health and the perception of it is evolving in the workplace, if at all, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay, I think everybody is uh, aware that COVID has been an ultimate game changer for shining a spotlight on, on our collective health and obviously on our mental health as well. So we're seeing a shift in how organizations are now looking at their the responsibility in providing that sort of psychological safety as opposed to like just health and safety for uh, for their employees. So I suppose for the first time, many employers are stepping in to support the overall health of their employees. Um, but the evolution of mental health awareness is at different stages across different industries and different geographies. So while some companies, you know, who maybe were ahead of the curve and are further along on the journey, um, there's lots of companies that are just catching up with this. So I think the key to success in this area for organizations is to be more proactive rather than reactive. So companies who only provide, say, the odd well-being event um, or little or no training in this area are going to have limited impact. So the ones that are truly evolving are making well-being and mental health a strategic priority. So not only do these companies include all the usual benefits, say, for instance, the mental health training and ambassador programs or giving their staff mental health days, um, and enhanced apps like Panda, for instance, or EAP supports, but they go one step further. So the big thing is they're training their leaders in this area and holding them accountable for improving the work practices, such as flexible working hours, um, improved family-friendly policies like the menopause or surrogacy or fertility issues, along with a really robust DNI program. So I think that is really, really important. So the leaders in these more evolved companies are empowered to model this you know, the model, the healthy behaviors, and this in turn will permeate down through the levels and, and will normalize these behaviors and these activities. Thanks, Dia. I'm going to pick up on something you said there on proactive versus reactive um, kind of measures. And maybe you can also talk to us about the difference between mental fitness and mental health. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. Um, and it's becoming sort of much more popular now, the idea of mental fitness. But in a nutshell, I think the best way to describe it is that your mental health is about being, it's like a state of being, and then your mental fitness is very much about doing. So the easiest way to look at it is if you apply the same question, perhaps to your physical health and your, your physical fitness, so it's easier to imagine. So your health is a state of being, as I say, while your fitness is more about the how. So it does encourage that action. And uh, 
also you are the agent of change and you can take control in this instance. So um, in the case of mental fitness, you can focus your attention on how to exercise that mental muscle. So it could be through maybe addressing the major stresses in your life um, or on healthy eating habits or, you know, like a highly processed diet or a poor sleep hygiene, for instance. And by taking the time in your day to, to reconnect with people, and these will obviously be things that will enhance your mood and add value to your life. So, All very true. Um, what about kind of, you know, we, we, the pandemic landed upon us, everyone went into working, working from home, and then all of a sudden things have been expected to kind of switch back to normal. So how do you view kind of that burden on people's mental health of now having to adjust back to office life? So obviously it's a huge burden and it continues to be a huge burden. So um, I think that's, you know, that's why there's so many people on the call here today to, to try and, and work it out and, and, and progress forward. So as we do transition back to the hybrid working pattern, um, respondents, for instance, in this Mindshare study reported that the forced return to the office was negatively impacting uh, on their mental health. And the two top reasons they gave were the policy policies around in-person versus remote work. So that kind of conflict that, that's happening for um, employees and then the lack of work-life balance or flexibility. So these are key things that are, that are causing that stress and anxiety for people. And then the issues with hybrid working are only starting to emerge, as we know, and employees and employers have not really reached a consensus on what the best solution is. So therefore, the future of work is uncertain and that in turn is contributing to our feelings of unease and anxiety. But I think in all of this, there is a silver lining. There is good news. And um, so I think following this, you know, upheaval and period of disruption, we have really a once in a, a generation opportunity to redesign our working lives so that our mental health is actually protected. So we could actually arrive at a framework that provides a more autonomous model that acknowledges that there isn't really a one size fits all. So you could just, you know, as testament to those um, percentages that I told you about earlier, so when it comes to workplace well-being, there really is just lots of shapes and sizes. They are indeed. And we have a lot of people on the call today who might be, I think, struggling themselves or maybe even just noticing people around them that are struggling. Um, do you have some tips for how people can be there for their co-workers without kind of overstepping any boundaries? I think this is a super important and really great question because um, peer-to-peer support is a massive part of you know your, your working life. And even if it's virtual or hybrid or whatever the case may be, but I think many, many people are very scared to approach a colleague or, you know, they see that somebody is struggling because they don't want to get it wrong. You know, so I think above all, I think the important thing to remember in these instances is that you're just connecting with somebody on a very human level. OK, so it might be a workplace employee or, you know, a colleague or whatever the case may be. And really, the first step is just to show compassion. So equally, if they're going to disclose some issues to you that, you know, could be difficult, just don't underestimate the, the power of listening in, the, in, that, in this case. So, you know, just. Maybe suggest a coffee or a walk outside and reassure them, reassure the people that, you know, this is a conversation that's confidential. And then I think, you know, just reminding them about the EAP services that are available or if there isn't anything in the organization, maybe signpost those uh, local services that are in your area. And I think the most important aspect of all of this is some, if someone has disclosed something is to check in with them regularly. And, you know, this can make a huge difference to somebody if they're going through a difficult time. So yeah, really super important question. So thanks, Mandy. Thank you so much, Dee. I think, you know, there's an age old saying that says, be kind. You never know what battle someone's facing. And, and it's really true. I think for, for too long, people have been fighting the mental health battle on their own. And I'm glad that we're here today talking about it. And, and we have all of you sharing with us. So thank you. We have so many questions that we want to ask you. And we'll definitely come back to you um, during the round table. So thank you so much, Dee.